So here's the million dollar question. How are people like us who don't settle for the status quo, who value freedom and a life without limits? How do we create extraordinary results in the key areas of life, yet skip the fear, stress, and anxiety that produces regret? This is the question, and this podcast will give you the answer. I'm your host, Tom Herman, and welcome to the Attractively Different Podcast. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to the Attractively Different Podcast. Happy Thanksgiving to those who are listening to this episode on the day that it's released. It is Thanksgiving 2020 here in America, and if you know anything about Thanksgiving in America, you know that football is a staple. So today I'm going to share with you how you can steal a strategy that I used to win fantasy football, but actually apply that strategy to real life and get the same results, which is winning. So last year at work, a few guys wanted to play fantasy football, which which is fine, perfectly normal for you know office type of thing, the fantasy football leagues. But this league was a little bit different than what I played before. This league was called an auction league. And what was different about this league than what I had played before is the way that you draft players. See, in the past, all the leagues that I played in, you it's like a traditional draft, what you would think of. However many teams you have in your league, let's say you have 10, you choose a draft order. This person gets to go first, this team goes second, third, fourth, and all the way up to 10. And when you come to draft your players, you go in that order and the first person gets the first pick in the draft and so forth. Well, what was different about the auction league is that you have a specific amount of money. You have a hypothetical budget on how to bid on players and how to fill out your team. So whenever a player was put up for bidding, everyone in the league had a chance to get that player. And you would bid like you would at an auction. So the person with the highest bid would get that player. So naturally, the best players are going to cost you the most money since everybody wants them on their team. And what was unique about this league is there was a small group of guys. So it wasn't like a big league, you know, 10 or 12 teams. We only had six teams in our league. And as I was thinking about my strategy for the draft, I thought, you know, I could probably spend a the most like a big percentage of my salary, my budget on these players, the best players, and actually fill out the rest of my roster with some pretty good players because just there are so few teams playing the game. And so I went with that strategy and I thought, I'm going to go after the two highest rated running backs and the two highest rated wide receivers because those are some of the biggest point getters. And so when we were drafting, I outbid everybody. And at some point it was kind of like, this is a little ridiculous. And it got to the point where people are like, okay, that's way too much for me. But it was in my strategy. I I was committed to the strategy and I knew there were four specific players that I was going after. And they were the two highest rated running backs and the two highest rated wide receivers. And this strategy worked out really well for me as we end up winning the championship. And as I look back at this strategy and the story, I realized that this can actually be applied to life. See, the thing about the strategy is I knew who I wanted and I was willing to go all in on those decisions. Therefore, when a player was nominated to bid on that wasn't fitting my vision, I wasn't interested. I wasn't going to waste energy or my hypothetical budget to bid on those players. But vice versa, when somebody who came, who fit that vision that I had, the top two top-rated running backs, two top-rated wide receivers, I knew I was going to go all in. I was going to bid the highest amount of money, whatever it took. I was committed to spend the most 
of my hypothetical money to get those players. I was 100% all in. Now, were there players in the process that were really good that I was tempted to maybe maybe bid on? Sure there were, because they're really good players that I thought, well, I might as well just take those to make sure I don't miss out on an opportunity. And the way I was looking at it is on a scale from 1 to 100%, like a desire scale, 1 to 100%, 1 being no desire to have that player on my team, 100% being the most desire, there were a lot of players that were probably in like the 80% desire range where it's like, that's really good. That's really high. But I didn't bid on them because I knew who I wanted and that I knew a greater opportunity was coming down the line. So I wasn't going to waste my money or waste my energy bidding on someone that was an 80% desire when I knew that there are players that would be in like the 90%, 100% desire range for my team. And so I was going to save my best yes for those people, for those players, because I thought that was going to be how I was going to win. And I executed the strategy. And after the draft, it was the funniest thing. There are a few guys who saw what I did. They wished that they would have maybe spent more, had a, a better vision for their draft than just kind of assessing each player that was put up for the bidding and kind of filling out their roster one person at a time. Now, why do I share this story with you? I share it with you because I want you to see what life you could have or what life could look like if you actually saved your best yeses for the specific vision that you had, that you had a vision for what is, what is my best yes? What are the opportunities that are in the 90% desire, 100% desire range? So you're not spending your time saying yes to things that may be 60% desire, 70% desire. Because without vision, without a purpose, someone else is going to assign your time for you. You become very reactionary with your time and you may end up participating in whatever comes up or whatever sounds good. So like I said, without a filter, without something pulling you forward where you spend your yes, your best yeses on the 90% to 100% desire range of opportunities, the all in yeses, the things it's hands down. These are my best yes. This is a no brainer. This is pulling me forward to my vision. You may spend your time and activities saying yes to, to things that may be in that 50% desire range, 60, 70% desire range, that they're obviously a positive thing, but they're not full in, all out. And so here's the thing is that looks different for everybody. And the reality is I don't really care what you do. I don't really care what your best yes is. I just want you to love the reason why you're saying yes. So if you're looking at it on a scale from one to 100, 100 being the most desire you have for this opportunity, one being no, I have no desire for this, your life is going to change because these, these opportunities that may be 70, 75%, 80% on the desire scale of a yes, which sounds good, they may be blocking the way, they may be getting in the way of opportunities that may come later that are going to be all in yeses. They're going to be your best yeses. And so when you're looking at what are you saying yes to? What's what's the reason behind you saying yes? Is it because you're all in, fully devoted? You absolutely love the opportunity? Or is it motivated by a should or maybe a guilt where it takes a lot of your energy to be part of something because you're not fully committed to it? And it's interesting, Ephesians 5, 15 through 16 says that we are to redeem the time. 
Okay, so redeeming the time. So I want to rescue something from loss. I need to buy back the time. And then I looked up the word time. And this is what was interesting is I thought maybe I knew what this meant. But this Greek word time is not time as in like a succession of minutes. It's not like a succession of seconds like you would see on a stopwatch. There's a, there's a different Greek word for that. But this word for time is a period of opportunity. So the Greek word is kairos. And what's fascinating is there really is not an English equivalent. So time means period of opportunity. So based on what we have so far, it says, see then that you walk you know, perfectly or diligently. See then you walk diligently, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time. So redeem means to buy back or rescue from loss. And this word time is a period of opportunity. Redeeming the time is rescuing from loss, a period of opportunity. And then it says, because the days are evil. And I looked up evil, and that's a Greek word that means hurtful in the form of degeneracy from value. So it's like something that's losing value or calamitous. And when I looked up the root word, the root of that word means toil, labor, and pain. So when we look at that verse in light of these definitions, it could say, see then that you walk diligently, walk wisely instead of foolishly, that you rescue from loss this period of opportunity because the days are hurtful and full of pain and toil. So that just like blew my mind. We're supposed to rescue from loss a period of opportunity? Doesn't that sound like life? And if the days are full of toil and pain, and we're commanded to walk diligently and walk in wisdom in order for us to rescue this opportunity from loss. And one day I decided to break down the break down the words in the in the verse and understand the definition of the words so I could get a true meaning. And so I want to break it down a little bit for you today and kind of what I found out. So Ephesians 5, 15 through 16 says, See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Now, there are a few words in there that I looked up. One was circumspectly. So what does that mean? Circumspectly is an adverb that means exactly, perfectly, or diligently. Okay, so see that you walk perfectly. See that you walk diligently. See that you walked exactly. So it's very precise. It's not a random type of thing. And this is not as fools, but as wise. Okay. I can understand what, what foolishness and wisdom is. And this is redeeming the time. So I looked up redeem and the Greek word for redeem means to buy up. That is like a ransom or figuratively it means to rescue from loss, to improve the opportunity. Do you think that will happen on accident? without intention, without a plan? No way. Which makes sense why this verse tells us to walk wisely. It's going to take wisdom to redeem the time. It's going to take diligence. It's going to take having a plan, walking exactly, walking perfectly, walking diligently so that we can rescue from loss this period of opportunity. Because here's what happens. When you say yes to things that aren't your best yes, or when you don't absolutely love the reason, you end up feeling overextended, overworked, and overwhelmed. Now, there was a season where Katie and I were part of a group at church, part of a community group before we had kids, and the church was pushing community groups to be plugged in, and we thought, okay, that sounds good. And we got to the point where 
on a weekly basis, we're like, it's just a drain on our, our schedule. Like we feel like, oh, I hope the event gets canceled. And after a while, when we're like, oh, I hope community group gets canceled or I hope it changes. We thought, why are we, why are we doing this? And so there was this feeling of shame and guilt that caused us not to draw a boundary line. But then once we decided to draw a boundary line of like, hey, this is not our best yes. This is not the best for us. We ended up talking with the leaders of the community group. We edified them and the work that they were doing and shared with them that it was best for us to step away. And, you know, they were very mature and they received the feedback really well. And they actually thought, well, if you feel this way, let's take the feedback to the group and see what they think. And it turned out that there were others in the group who felt very similar. And the initiative that we took to like draw a boundary line actually gave them a platform to speak freely and do what was best for their family. So the group ended up dispersing and the leaders of the group actually joined another community group in the church. And to my knowledge, everything was handled very maturely and it was a positive experience for everyone involved. I mean, it was the, it was the best thing for that group to, to break apart. And so in this example, we didn't love the reason behind why we were staying in the group. It was a feeling of obligation or that we should stay. We kept convincing ourselves that this is where we needed to be. We did not love the reason on why we chose to be in that group or stay in that group. But we did love the reason why we chose to draw a boundary line. Because we were going to push forward toward a vision for our family. We were going to push forward towards something that was very specific to us. So when we drew the boundary line, we loved the reason why we were leaving, even though maybe it wasn't the easiest conversation. And it was amazing how that empowered others and actually benefited the group as a whole for us to say our best yes. It empowered others to say their best yes. So here's what I want you to take away. If the reason you're doing something starts with, I should, then you probably don't love the reason. It's probably not one of those opportunities that's 100% yes, 90% yes on the desire scale that we talked about earlier. Think about it. I should do this job so I can provide for my family. I should have my kids do these activities so they get more opportunities in the future. I should be part of this Bible study, small group, etc. so I can be more involved and make connections with people. I should volunteer my time more so I can give back. All these statements are coming from a place of shame or guilt. And friend, this isn't freedom. Shame and guilt are rooted in the toil, labor, and pain which was the root of the word wicked in the verse from Ephesians. This is what Paul was warning us against and why he tells us to be diligent and walk wisely so that we can redeem the time. We can rescue this period of opportunity from loss. So here's what I know to be true. We make an effort to do the things we love and are excited about. For example, I met someone who works 80 hours a week in their real estate business not because they need the money, not because they're trying to prove something, but because they absolutely love it. That's where they want to spend their time. Like I said, they don't need the extra money. It's not a grind to them. They just absolutely love what they do and it's where they want to spend their time. Now contrast that with the majority of people who work 40 hours a week but won't stay a second past. Friday afternoon comes, they're ready to get out of there because they've done their obligation. They're doing it because they feel like they should, but they don't love the reason why they're there. So they rush out 
and they go make time for the things that they love. Another example of this is um, I see in my parents. They absolutely love to play the game of golf. They, they love it for a lot of reasons. They enjoy time together. They enjoy meeting new people when they go out and play. They love to travel and try new golf courses. And frankly, they just enjoy the challenge of the game. But to someone else, golf may feel like a complete waste of time and money. So take that example one step further. Let's say this person who thinks golf is a waste of time and money. Think if they're given advice by somebody who says, you should really learn how to play golf because it's a great life skill. It'll help you develop quality time with people. It'll help you travel. It's a great challenge, etc. All the reasons why my parents love golf. What if someone tried to explain to this person, you should pick up golf because they'll do all these things for your life. Well, if they go into go into the game thinking I should I should want to play golf because of XYZ, are they truly going to love golf? Is it going to be life-giving to them the same way it is to my parents? And the other question is, are there other ways they can invest in relationships, travel, feel challenged without having to play golf? And is it something that would get them excited? Of course, there are other ways that would get them excited that could accomplish all those goals. So think about this. What is in your life right now that is there because society and culture told you that it, quote unquote, should be there? What is in your life that's a result of society and culture telling you that it should be there? The same way when we were at church and they were saying you should be in a community group so you could grow, Katie and I were in it, but we didn't love the reason why we were there. And so what if all the effort and frustration it takes to be part of these activities is actually evidence that you're not redeeming the time, that you're not walking wisely, that you're falling into the fact that the days are quote-unquote wicked, which is hurtful, full of toil, labor, and pain. And I think we see this when people come to the end of their life and they express any regrets they have. The regrets show that they were not walking wisely. They weren't rescuing their opportunity from loss because the days are evil. They're full of toil, labor, and pain. And so remember the word time in that verse. It's not a succession of minutes. It's a period of opportunity. And we're being called to rescue that opportunity from loss. That opportunity is your life. So we have this life, right? A period of opportunity that we're being called to rescue because the days are full of pain, toil, and struggle. So instead of following society and cultural norms that try to fit everything into a category, what would your life look like? How would it look differently if you set the vision for your life and went after that vision because you were so compelled by it, that you love the reasons why you're doing whatever it is you're doing? How would your life look different? How would it change? What opportunities have you potentially missed because you said yes to things that were a 70%, 80% on that desire scale? And then an opportunity came that was in like the 90% to 100 and you couldn't do it because your schedule was full. Or maybe you'd allocated your resources somewhere else. How would your life look differently if you saved your best yeses for the things that you absolutely love the reason on why you're doing them. 
So this is the exact reason why I created the Life Purpose Roadmap. I created it to help people rescue their life, their period of opportunity, rescue it from loss. And if you haven't gone to download it yet, it's a free PDF at attractivelydifferent.com backslash purpose. And with it, for the next 40 days, I'll send you an email guide, an email coaching guide to help you maximize the roadmap. Because I am sold out on the belief that you have a period of opportunity that we're called to rescue from loss. And if we don't, we'll live a life that is characterized by toil, labor, and pain. So I recommend go download it now because everything you do matters. Everything you do matters in this life. God has a specific assignment for you. And I want you to go rule that assignment and serve his people. Be blessed. Hey everyone, it's Tom again. And I wanted to ask you a quick question. On a scale from one to 10, how confident are you that you know God's purpose for your life? I mean, there can be a lot of confusion around this topic. So I went ahead and created a life purpose roadmap to help you gain clarity on your purpose. You can download your free PDF life purpose roadmap at attractivelydifferent.com backslash purpose. It'll walk you through the seven simple steps to prospering in your purpose. Also for the next 40 days, I'll be sending you a daily email guide that will help you unlock the full power of the roadmap. These emails are designed to make it that much easier for you to implement the roadmap and succeed in your God-given assignment. It's free. Just go download the Life Purpose Roadmap PDF at attractivelydifferent.com backslash purpose.